Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, podcast where a comedian, a toxic comedian, <laughs> talks to a non-toxic relationship therapist about all things uh, gender and sex related in the modern age from a male and female perspective. Woo. Eliza is uh, wearing her crystal necklace. She's manifesting today <laughs> because uh, what what star sign is in Venus rising or yeah, something what are we like that. About? There's like a triple conjunction. You know what? Okay. We shouldn't talk about it because it's going to come out in like a few days, and then people will be like, "Shit, I missed the giant manifesting triangle of astrology day." So, is that the technical term for it? The giant manifesting That's for astrology my day. I just messaged all my friends. I was like, I can't explain it because I can't remember how, but manifest today. It's your last chance for a couple of months. Wow. Super powerful. So white girls everywhere. White girls, everyone I know. Thinking positively. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're like, I am healthy. I am wealthy. <laughs> Anything else that rhymes with that? White girls and, and white dudes with dreadlocks. Yes. Yes. I mean... You are, you're getting into like the aromatherapy, so I feel like you're one step away from crystals. Mm, I'm getting there, but it's all still uh, somewhat scientifically based. Do you have one? You know what? I'll and look at you things know what you and, need? And essential oils, you know, when you, when you do inhale those, there is a science that says that actually clears your mind have and, you ever and seen helps you. these videos of... Have I talked to you about this? Sorry if I'm repeating myself because I said this like to a few people. But and mm-hmm. th- this person or they're all over TikTok yeah. and people put crystals into glasses of water and all of the crystals weigh the same amount, but they're all different types, right? So they have like six glasses of water half filled, they pop a crystal and they put it in the freezer. And then what's really interesting is that all of the different crystals have completely different patterns and how they the water comes out frozen. So some of them are like... Um, have spikes going up through the middle. Some of them are like swelling up, like really interesting. Makes, makes that is you interesting. wonder. What, what is it? Is it the texture of the crystal that causes a different reaction in the in the way the water freezes? I don't know. They, they. I mean, you know, the, the crystal folk like to just say it's it's uh, the energy. It's the so, energy. Okay. But, oh, do you know what? Actually, I have a funny story, but um, I had a, I was ha- having some cramps and so I pulled out a new crystal I bought, which is called Malachite. And it's like this beautiful dark green crystal. And I was having a bath and I was cramping so bad. So I took the crystal and I put it in the bath for me and I just lay it on my stomach for like two hours. And then afterwards, my cramps were like so severe. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to go to hospital? I think I'm like appendix bursting or something. I don't know. Anyway, so then I started looking up the properties of um, this crystal that I was putting on my stomach and then it <laughs> then it said do not put in or near water like if you get it wet do not allow it to have con- like contact with your skin it's extremely toxic like it's copper fumes can make you really really unwell um you can it's poison toxic. your it's toxic and manipulative yes right like man nah just kidding um and so i kind of like thought don't let them touch you either yeah <laughs> that's the moral of the story Men are malachite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I call I called the poison line and I was like, um Whoa, so it was that extreme. Well, because I came out and my cra- I had the cramps I had. So usually if I, I cramp, it would usually be maybe like 10, 15 minutes of intense cramps and then I'm mm. okay. okay. This I was cramping for nine and a half hours, like so severely. I've never <sighs> experienced anything like that in my life. It was like Jeez. I, it was not fun and so and then i look up the symptoms of um of toxic fumes uh, copper fumes just in case and it was literally like severe abdominal cramping like nausea and like sweating and i was like 
cup got all of these symptoms. <laughs> you inhaled toxic copper fumes. Well, you're not supposed the second you get it wet, it like the barrier breaks down and it just starts. Uh, and these are people putting damn. warnings if you accidentally have a wet hand and pick it up. I literally had it in the bath for an hour, just soaking in my skin. <laughs> so I called the poison line. And So you I, didn't read the the warning label? There's no warning label, it's just the rock. <laughs> Um, um, and so you could, you could sue them. I sh- maybe I should because the woman that I bought it from told me cleanse it underwater, and um, I'm gonna write to her just in but case. Not, not with you also being, but cleansed. just don't touch it. You're not even supposed. You can't even put them underwater at all because it just breaks them down. Um, I love that you in- inhaled toxic copper fumes. The only two people in society that could be doing that are really <laughs> gritty miners or white girls, major white girls. <laughs> No one in the middle is inhaling toxic <laughs> copper fumes. I know. And do you know how embarrassing it was to explain to the poison line what happened <laughs> to crystals in the bath with me? <laughs> That's a good one. She had to look it up. She was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> let me come back to you in a few. Well, yeah. I'd imagine people on the poison hotline would get some good calls. Some good stories. Well, I mean, bad yeah. at the time, but some good stories assuming people healed yeah. from whatever yeah. toxic chemicals they may have ingested. Yeah, and she had no advice for me. She was like, mm, wait and see what happens. And I was like, yeah, all right. So, that was their advice? Yeah, because they so didn't you, know. So you've been cramping for nine and a half hours and they were like, <laughs> yeah, just, you'll be fine. Yeah, well. Well, they probably thought, uh, I just uh, was manifesting with my crystal in the bath and, and now I, I have a, a funny ache. pain in my stomach. <laughs> they probably rolled their eyes and thought, oh, here this we bitch. go. She's not actually hurt. I know. Isn't that so funny? But. You know, I just noticed actually we're like completely outfit matched. We're both wearing blue denim, cream on top. Manif- I'm manifesting. <laughs> I got a new we're haircut. Aligned. I got rid of my long hair. I love it. Looks good. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted something a bit cleaner. What's the feedback been? Uh, good so far. A bit mixed, but mostly people seem to like it. That's good. People say I look a lot younger. Because it probably reminds them of the old you. When you had that Probably, haircut. But I've never had this haircut with a, with a beard, so. Oh, wow. Just make some things Just up. different, yeah. Oh, I'm so wild. What am I going to do next, guys? <laughs> Actually, while we're on the um, topic of white girls and spirituality and things like that, I did come across this theory of how your hair <laughs> holds, like, energy and memories like you know how they say like when you get your when we do drug tests at work Mm -hmm. we test the hair because it holds the history of the drug use rather than your analysis will have like two weeks your hair can have up to like six months well maybe that's why i cut it yeah so there you go so they were saying what if it's the same for like who you are and that's why people in cults they it's like strictly forbidden to um cut your hair or change it and then often you'll find especially with women but often with men as well that when someone has gone through something or they're like you know what new year new me or whatever mm. they want a transformation the first thing they do is change their hair cut it whatever so interesting that's theory. true i think i wanted a bit of a change as well that's why yeah. i did it so i feel like through winter i want to be quite disciplined <laughs> through winter. you've been through saying winter, that actually since be... the start of this year no, i know and i'm gradually <laughs> just increasing even though today i slept until like 10. But yeah what happened nothing i just didn't did you, wake up early did you have a late night not really i just uh i stayed up watching youtube watching youtube yeah i know not even an exciting night oh. just uh yeah you need to sleep in once in a while yeah that's good good on what you. time do you usually wake up well, I used to sleep until like 11 on the weekends, but now um, I have a tradie boyfriend, so 
he he wakes up at like five and then even on his days off on his days off he'll wake up at like 6 30 or this morning we woke up at seven but he goes and he's asleep every weekend he goes and um picks me up coffees in the morning and like wakes me up with them and then cooks pancakes so i don't want to sleep through that wow i know that's so wholesome he's wholesome god damn (laughs) yeah boyfriend wake up a little yeah (laughs) now i want to trade a boyfriend i don't think all tradies are like that how many gay tradies are out there um, it's not. It's not a, a, a profession you'd associate with uh, homosexuality. There's a. I joined. Definitely a lot of gay um, comedians and theater actors. There certainly is. I joined a um, the Facebook group for the area I'm moving to, and first of all, I discovered there's a lot of um, crime there, so that's fun. But secondly, there was there's one woman tradie in the whole area, and everyone uses her because they're like, I want to support the woman, like kind of thing. So mm. all every like they have on Tuesdays, everyone can kind of post their business or whatever, mm. and um, there's like fifty men. They're all tradies that live up there, like up on the central coast in this area. And she, um, there's one female. And they're all like, yeah, we'll go to her kind of thing. So interesting really? how that can kind of work in her benefit. There you go. Even I was like, I would I would hire her when she does the same thing my boyfriend does. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a landscaping job. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we're going to hire someone else. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to. I, I would hire a very flamboyant gay tradie. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> like, mm, we need to clean those pipes, honey. I love that. Yeah. I often love great. when they uh, when gay men work at like Mecca and like Sephora and I do find there is like a slight difference between the female and male employees. And the males are often quite upfront with you. They might be like, oh, you really need some hyaluronic acid kind of. And I'm mm. like, okay, true. Yeah, gay guys just yeah. will tell you the truth about your appearance. If we're talking in like true stereotype. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, look, I'm the comedian. Which I here. like, yeah, which is good. Anyway. I can't remember once a gay guy at – I was at a comedy show. Uh, I can't remember what he said exactly, but – they say it in a very catty way as well. Um, he was talking about another guy on stage that was looking, that was very good looking or something, and saying all these things that were good about him. And he was saying, "Oh, he's so hot, but he's mm, he's not very funny. Whereas you, funny, but." Mm. And then I thought, "Whoa! I, I just met this guy. Who so are you?" So savage. <laughs> I love. It. Do you ever get hit on by men? Yeah, when you go to a gay club, it's. Uh, How often do you go there? Oh, I went once. Two or three years ago, with a girl, oh. and they still just did not care. That's that's nice. And they um stare you up and down a lot. <laughs> it's a bit of an ego trip, though. <laughs> um, were they staring you up and down, like checking you out, or were they like? Um, that's a good point. Maybe they were just straight boy. Yeah, maybe yeah. they were. Uh, they didn't want me there. I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Fill out the survey while you're looking at me. <laughs> Oh. I did a um, – we'll get to the topic soon, but I did a uh, – there was a Mardi Gras comedy gala. Oh, cool. Yeah, this was uh, 2018 or 19. Or maybe 2017, actually. It was, it was a while ago. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was the only straight person in the whole lineup. <laughs> and everyone else did a sort of hybrid of, of – you know what was actually really funny? A lot of the older uh, gay and trans individuals were talking a lot about how oh, the young ones today offended at everything. 
Oh. I don't well, I don't care about this and that and your gender spectrum. Just be gay. Like, really? Yeah. And I thought, what the hell if, like, the, the gay guys from the 80s huh. are saying that the gay guys today are snowflakes? Oh, so not that's our yeah. age but, like, a solid 10 years on us. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. No, yeah, not our age. No, 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 yeah. at least 10 years. The ones that were um, in their 50s at least. Yeah. Because fair enough, they went through... Years where they, there was legitimate gay bashing. Yeah, yeah. So now when they see younger guys getting upset of, about a comment on Facebook, they mm. probably think, oh, just toughen up, sweetie. You see a lot of this kind of um, debate going on. Like I've been seeing kind of one about how the pronouns um, and how, for example, I came across someone's um, TikTok page and he was born into a female body Mm. but he also wears dresses and makeup like me um and his preferred pronouns are he him and was like please stop calling me she her but people were saying back like i'm not trying to be offensive but you are not only do you look like a female in you know your body with the breasts and the long hair but you're also wearing all the makeup the pretty pink dresses like everything you have is pink and and girly so if if you're you're, if you confusing. look like a girl and you're dressing like a girl and everything you own is the fitting within the girl stereotype, can you be upset with – like, of course, you can ask for that pronoun, but can you be upset if people assume that it's she, her kind of thing? And then it kind of got into this huge debate and other people were like – and rightfully saying, you know – we, it's that person's right to choose their pronouns and ask for people to say that. That's totally fine. And then other people were coming in being like, okay, yeah, on TikTok, people will call you he, him because you've asked for that. But if you go out into the real world, like you need to be prepared that this isn't how it's going to be. Like, so interesting. Yeah. I, um, I don't even know how I feel about that. Yeah. I just find it so interesting kind of like how social media works to kind of, segregate us into our own little bubbles of understanding like you and I were just talking about the difference in our like Mm. for you pages and what comes up for us and how I'm constantly thinking oh my gosh like this the youth of today are so forward thinking it's crazy like even the adults everyone is like there's this huge mass movement and then I go into Facebook and like read the comments on like seven news and nine news like just completely if you ever read the comments (laughs) on any of the mainstream news posts in Australia or the current affair posts (laughs) <laughs> you lose faith it in was humanity. crazy Jesus. and i remember once there was i do you remember a couple of years ago and i'm sorry this is probably really offensive i don't actually remember what it was but someone or a group of people held up the harbor bridge for an hour because um they were trying to bring awareness to what was going on in their country so it was a third world country or something was terrible it tibet yeah, I maybe. Think. I'm not sure. Mm. I can't remember. So I was on their side being like, okay, yeah, what is happening there is shocking and our government isn't setting forward and, yeah, it's inconvenient to hold up the Harbour Bridge for the hour. Um, but I understand it. They're trying to make a stand. And then I read the comments and it was like not only like if people were saying this was really like shitty, you could have done it another way, fair enough, but it was like, get out if you don't like australia then get out of the bloody country like everything was like that yeah you bloody racist comments <laughs> you, i always think that sort of uh stereotype is a caricature and there aren't <laughs> people who i'm sure there'd be a very small percentage of people who actually have a southern cross tat in their life <laughs> you fucking you fucking dumb get it you fucking brown cunt but 
Then you read some of the comments. I remember after the uh, Christchurch tragedy, uh, I saw comments on an A Current Affair post and I thought, whoa, <laughs> maybe I've misjudged the average. The shooting or the, the natural disasters? The shooting, the oh. shooting. Because, well, first of all, I think there's this, I actually am, I think there's this sort of, you know, some ideologies like Islam, for example, have this almost endangered species or protected species veneer about them where you're not allowed to criticize and, mm. and critique and question mm. the ideas. Uh, but then you see comments on the current Affair Facebook page saying, yeah, well, this is what you get after all the shit you've done to us. Oh, my like, God. I fucking deserve it. And then I just don't know because everyone is in a bubble and – uh, people say you should you should uh, you know head outside your social circle. You should try to talk to other people, but because we're so atomized now, it's confronting and quite challenging to actually speak to some people who aren't in your bubble or at yes. least aren't in a yeah. similar kind of bubble. Yeah. Um, but just really quickly coming back to the pronoun thing, uh, with a lot of these culture war issues, there seems to be a very binary sentiment about how you can react to it you either are totally on board with it and cannot question it or you're a bigot mm. whereas there's this whole nuanced gray area in the middle there mm. um i have absolutely no qualms with people who want to identify as the the gender they feel most comfortable with whatever pronoun they want uh used the issues i have with it come when it comes to things like sport and something like the sentiment gender is a, a social construct and men act tough and aggressive and masculine because they've been taught to act that way. Conversely, uh, women act feminine and, and caring and kind because they've been taught to act that way. Okay, but then if we're transitioning and identifying as certain things, it doesn't really make sense. Then why would you take hormone treatment, right? Because I actually sent mm. you this podcast. That was so interesting. It was uh, this guy interviewed a trans man and a former trans man. So someone oh, okay. someone who – so confusing. Transitioned someone, and then went and then back transitioned and de-transitioned. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So someone who transitioned to a man yeah. and then transitioned back to a female, so yeah. is now a cis female, yeah. and someone who transitioned to a man in the 80s or something, in the 90s, wow. and has stayed a, a man – and it was this very interesting discussion. I can't remember the exact title, but it was by uh, the Dishcast, uh, Andrew Sullivan. He's a um, well, he's a sort of center right, but also culturally libertarian commentator in America. I don't know what you how you describe him. He's gay himself. Uh, it was a very interesting. And the thing I found the most interesting was when the uh, the person transitioned to. A man and was taking testosterone therapy. They were describing how the testosterone oh, yeah. changed them. So and interesting. They said, and they said, I thought I had a pretty high sex drive before. Uh. I started taking testosterone therapy. I just couldn't function. I was wow. horny all the time. And my uh, vast array of, emo of emotions basically just became anger. Huh. And I'm like, yeah, that's the male experience. It's so interesting. Horny and angry. I love that. <laughs> that's and basically it. When it's in reverse, though, 
men um, that have transitioned to female mm. and they say, oh, they say, oh my gosh, like the amount of emotions, like the variety of emotions I feel and so deeply every day has been like one of the most confronting things that they've come across and the level of empathy they have as well. And one of the big things that they often say is, that they always thought they understood a woman's lived experience until they became like fully passing as a female and the amount of like sexual harassment and things like that was so jarring because they've gone from having within within the space of 12 months absolutely none or like once every few years a woman like, I don't know, saying something to them being a woman. I will say it depends on which man, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but still. Um, and ha- how more. they've experienced that um, as an attractive female. Mm. Um, so super interesting to when someone can kind of have that experience of both genders and the stereotypes that come with them. But, but if there's anything that proves there, it's that there is a huge hormonal biological component to gender. Mm. And we can't say that it's all entirely socially constructed. I'm sure a lot of it is because... Mm. Uh, young boys and young girls are still socialized uh, uniquely. Yeah. But clearly, this this is quite clear evidence that hormones definitely change your behavior. And, and, and that uh, would differentiate a man with low testosterone and high testosterone as well. Hormones are wild. And I was going to say to you actually that like – the attachment theory and things like that is old news on the internet. Now people are just starting to come on board with hormones and understanding mm. like that. They're kind of the underlying thing of everything, but so often um, neglected or, or failed to understand, especially mm. female hormones, because it's a, it is quite significantly more complex than male hormones yeah. and harder to understand like how some women that live by their hormonal cycles will literally be like okay in the third week of my 28 day period I cannot have meetings in this week I won't be um, effective I need to do it in the I have to avoid the luteal phase and do it in this phase those kind of things so it was super interesting whereas men's cycles are 24 hour cycles so you might be like oh, well I want to have my meetings in the morning when I've got the highest level of testosterone as opposed to like the five o'clock meeting or four o'clock meeting. Mm. Interesting. So you yeah. were there. You were on the you were on the hormone train well before everyone else. <laughs> I have been for a long time. Yeah, been. It's very uh, very interesting. Yeah. And 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 it and they affect our behavior immensely. Yes. And yeah. a lot of it is genetic and and biological, but there are definite definitely behaviors and and other factors that will contribute to the makeup of your hormones and whether yeah. a certain hormone increases mm-hmm. uh, a lot of thing a lot of testosterone has has the average testosterone has gone down immensely since the 80s yeah and yeah that's they're not right. sure what what the exact reason is uh, they hypothesize that uh, it could be because we live much more sed- sedentary yeah. lifestyles and and our diet is full of yeah diet uh, estrogenic uh, additives, especially in processed meats, but also plastics apparently uh, really yeah, mess up our hormones. Yeah, and metals. And like people say everything. Like it's all sorts of things. It yeah. is wild. There's no way. Like even as a female wearing perfume can can and fake mm-hmm. tan that can fuck your hormones. Makeup, like the chemicals you put on your body, it's very complicated. Yeah, and something. Interesting. Uh, if if a woman is pregnant and then she's exposed to more plastic, that will influence the level of testosterone for the baby for the rest of their life. Yeah, and then all babies are born with a level of like 
plastic already within their makeup based on what's passed yeah. from them through them. Oh, it's crazy. I actually, I can't remember what it was called, but I just listened to a podcast um, a couple of days ago. When I find out the, the name of it, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. The name of the podcast is called Ladies, We Need to Talk. And it was about a like hormonal disorder that a lot of women experience, which is basically like PMS or premenstrual syndrome where women like typically become more agitated and stressed before they have their period. But yep. it's like that times 100 where they become like violent, borderline schizophrenic, like they want to murder their husbands or partners and that it took it t- is on average taking women like 10 to 20 years to get diagnosed with it but because it's like a hormonal disorder it's so overlooked um and they're like oh you're just a bit unsettled <laughs> so interesting mm. testosterone in men are actually there's a correlation between lower rates of depression and testosterone in men so the higher the testosterone the lower the, the depression? less likely you are to yeah. to suffer from depression Yeah, that goes against so much of the uh, ethos of today, which is, oh, men need to not act aggressively and and tough. Whereas if you Mm. go to the gym, that something like that, that will increase your, Mm. will boost your uh, short-term testosterone. And then if you keep going over a long period of time and you increase your muscle mass, that'll increase your testosterone. And there is a direct correlation between that and less likely to have mood swings. Uh, You're better at emotional, uh, emotional regulation. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's very just exercise guys no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that will help yeah what other i don't actually know the other ways of increasing your testosterone levels oh, naturally I could do five podcasts on that but let's uh, what's your top your top three diet tips? diet's a big one yeah you want to steer clear of uh processed foods uh they there's contentious uh evidence about something like soy mm. it does I think there is some evidence that shows it blocks some androgen receptors, but Don't it's very minuscule. It's <laughs> minuscule. Yeah, it's not really going to affect you that much. Uh, lifestyle factors are probably the biggest. Yeah. So if, you, if you're if you active, if you work out uh, up to about 26, your testosterone continues to increase, then it goes down about well. 1% a year. But there's yeah. some there's free testosterone and then there's some other variation of testosterone where if you keep putting on muscle mass – you increase one of them, uh, even if the other one goes down, and you mm-hmm. can generally keep um, building muscle mass up to your 30s. And even some guys will do it in their 40s. Um, the other thing, this is really interesting, men who are single on average have more testosterone yeah. than men who are in a relationship because uh, when you hug your partner, when you hug your children, your testosterone goes down momentarily. <laughs> um, and your uh, not your serotonin, your <laughs> oxytocin goes up. Yeah. Um, how interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's definitely a lot of other things. I wonder what happens if a woman lives by this um, lifestyle, like if their estrogen increases, which is like our happy hormone, I guess. Yeah, I haven't looked uh, into that as much, but Let's I'm do sure a hormone there's something podcast. to it. Yeah, I'm, get I'm that sure. Book and then we'll we'll go and do it. Yes, I've read, if you read hormonal, that um, talks a lot, but that focuses specifically on the um menstrual cycle more than just general female hormones yeah um and some of the things i still remember from that one which is when a woman's ovulating it completely changes what sort of a man she's attracted to depends if she's on or off her period but or how attractive she is and also if she's on the pill none of these apply um when she's ovulating as well she's much more likely to want to 
clean the house because because yeah. uh, she's uh, a lot more aware of potential bacteria and germs that could yeah that could uh, you know infiltrate her body and infect the the fetus. That's so funny. So every time I'm ovulating, I'm like. I need to like juice cleanse. I've got to like exercise and then it lasts for five days. So like even right now I'm ovulating and woo, fun fact. And like the comparison (laughs) between protection, Adrian, (laughs) YOLO, have a baby. Um, No, but the comparison between even just like a few days in the level of like, I guess because you put out so many more pheromones and things like that, mm. um, you become more attracted to your partners and also attractive in return. Yeah, so that's the other even thing. just to men in general. So very interesting. They, uh, they showed photos of women uh, to a group of men and women, uh, w- w- one where they were ovulating and one where they were in um, uh, like menstruating. A, right. And Everyone universally found the pictures of the girls who were ovulating a lot more attractive. They were a lot more likely to want to go out and party. To uh, they they eat less on yes, average. Yes, yeah. They'll wear brighter, more colourful clothing, more revealing clothing. Uh, My shoulders <laughs> are exposed. Yeah, there you go. I'm wearing lipstick. <laughs> uh, they're a lot more just confident in general. There's so many factors. The it's the crazy. Ma- partners were more likely to show signs of jealousy when their partner was ovulating and they weren't even aware that their partner was ovulating. Yeah, Adrian it's was from like, a pheromone. you got to stop going to nails. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> 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 You look so shocked to say, no, that's a joke. But very interesting. People are going to be now comparing me in this podcast and then looking at last week's podcast and being like, oh, <laughs> last week she was poor form. This week slightly <laughs> increased. Don't do that. Well... Read that book. I can't. Who's if you we're know? Gonna do, you keep saying it, and then everyone messages me, being like, "Which author is it?" Because Marty Hasselton, M A R T I E. Marty Hasselton. It's on one of my Instagram story highlights. Incredible. Do you book. have a incredible book. highlight just for books? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Please. So check that one out. Please refer to that. She um, did an interview with Sam Harris. That's how I. Uh, Ah, oh, love that. This was a few years, four or five years ago now. Um, yeah, really interesting read. Huh. Um, but we were going to talk. We've already how far about into this? We're are about we? halfway into this already. But we we're going to talk about Oops. the sexualization of. Um, we've done one about the sexualization of children, but we're going to talk about the pressure women feel to look youthful. Yeah, like the sexualization of. Just youth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, tell tell everyone just a, a little bit about why you wanted to talk about this and what you've been seeing lately. <laughs> well, I think I don't know if it's something that is just being directed to me now that I'm hitting my late 30s officially, 26. Late 30s. Late 20s. Didn't know you're that old. <laughs> See, that was a Freudian slip right there. Uh, late 20s. Um, and I, I'm not – and because a lot of my friends are – you know, late 20s, early 30s, and everyone's starting to talk about, cool, oh, my God, I'm 29 now or I'm 28 or I'm 31. I need to be getting fillers and Botox and things like that, which is so interesting to me how even, like, I guess society is always sexualized youthful looks and youthful women. However, I think it's become so much more tenfold because people used to be, like, 20 years ago, would look at someone with fillers and find that, 
unattractive or be like, whoa, and you could tell instantly. Now it is so normal and common and openly spoken about, which is great. Like if you do you, do you, but very interesting how much it's become a, you don't do this when you're 45 and, and aging significantly or 50. You do this when you're in your 20s now, like start putting all these things in your body and in your face. Um, and then I started kind of seeing, all these um, videos coming up and people talking about how, like I was telling you before, um, how a stripper would made a video about how um, at her work, she's a very womanly woman, <laughs> womanly woman. She's Curvaceous. got the boobs, she's got the booty, but fit, like sexy woman kind of thing. Like what we used to be in like all those action movies where you'd be like, nice. Mm. And she was saying that, and she's a stripper, and she was saying at her work, um, all of the girls that make the most money are the ones that are super underdeveloped, like petite with like A cup boobs, braces even, like wear minimal makeup, basically the ones that look like they could pass for like 14 Mm. um, or even like sometimes younger and that they make twice as much money as the other strippers. And then I thought, well, maybe this was just like a based in Houston, Texas, or whatever, for that stripper. But <laughs> Those are Texans. <laughs> but then then I went down a deep dive of strip talk and it's like it's such a common strip talk. across all strip clubs that the the ones that look so young that they're like, I'm in year 10 or year nine, that's how they look, mm-hmm. are making twice as much money, if not more, than the other strippers that I would have thought are the ones that men are going for. Mm. So that's kind of come to my awareness i think okay recently so what are your thoughts initially well my initial thought with all of the questions about sexuality and sexualization and and why young women are so sexualized is we have to answer is this society or is this our biology this is your favorite yeah this (laughs) is every question question. on every podcast um and we probably can't truly answer that because it's Almost certainly a combination of both. Yeah. Um, let's compare Western culture to some other cultures. Yes. Uh, yes. It usually is the case that uh, the man is on average older. If we're talking about monogamous cultures, the man is almost always older. Mm-hmm. The woman is younger. Uh, before first wave feminism, it was sometimes as young as 13 and 14 where yeah. women were getting married. And mm-hmm. um, again, you you just have to ask the question, is that men finding women beautiful at a very young age or is society imposing a standard and sort of restricting women by having these uh, unfair beauty standards that say, oh, your peak as a woman will be at 13, 14 and we're going to continue to perpetuate that through culture and and through art. Mm -hmm. Personally, I do not find that look attractive at all. Uh, yeah. If a girl was fourteen, lo- looked like fourteen, and and sort of flat chested and braces, and acts like it as well. If we're talking about a child, that's not yeah. sexually attractive to me at all. Now it's very different if a woman's fifteen, sixteen, and is developed and looks like a woman. Mm. I'd never act on it, but yeah. whether I'm, a, I probably would be attracted to that. Let's be honest. Um, but comparing that to a woman who may be in her late. 20s or even in her early 30s who also is still attractive i don't i don't i don't think i have this compulsion to go for yeah the younger one um i'm guessing it could be it could have something to do with this is so 
taboo. Mm. This is and, and especially a lot of the men who might be going to these strip clubs are quite old, forties, fifties, sixties, and then they see this and it's a reminder of their youth and they know it's so inappropriate. They know it's so wrong and as we yeah. know with sexual attraction, whatever we're told not to yes. like, whatever we're told is wrong, we get, have some sort of unconscious mm. yearning for that. Could have something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel for uh, – I've talked to a lot of uh, female friends in, in the same age bracket and there is a marked difference as soon as you hit the late 20s. Mm. I feel like, oh, cool, I'm almost in my peak now. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can do what I and want. And we're like, our peak's gone. <laughs> like, <laughs> And some men will, will say, well, when I was 18, no one wanted – which is kind of true. Yeah. Like when yeah. we're 16, 17, 18, 19, even up to 21, 22. For most men, it's not that we're invisible, mm. but, you know, a 28-year-old woman does not want an 18-year-old guy uh, on average. Yeah. So – there's a little bit of the sentiment of, well, you know, now the tables have turned or whatever. The, the turntables, yeah. that sound on TikTok. Mm. Um, not saying it's the same. I'm not saying there's a perfect yeah. equivalency there. Mm. Uh, I, I've seen studies where they show, they, they ask women, what age do you find the most attractive? And as they age, it generally matches. It, it matches, but it's still usually a bit yeah. higher up. And then as they get older, sometimes the age gap, that they find even more older men attractive. Yeah. They don't find oh, I think maybe when they got to their forties or fifties they might it there might was, have actually evened yeah. out a bit, but actually in the early twenties it, it was sort of mid and late twenties that they found attractive. Yeah. Yep. Mid twenties they found sometimes even thirties attractive yep. and then it sort of evens out. Mm-hmm. But for every age men thought uh, it was 20, 20, 21 or something. And that was, was the most like attractive. and they the, didn't even go down to eighteen. Yeah. So <laughs> It's Any girl great. I tell that to, it's, it's like, fuck this. Funny to see the reaction, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And there is a lot about, you know, especially when we talk about child brides and the 13-year-olds, whether that is, you know, people were very much coming at it. It's biology type thing. But also I think even bigger was that it was currency. And, you know, with, with youth, um, youthful females that are women and children, I guess, and young girls mm. that are so young and they're under a strong patriarchal family or influence, mm-hmm. they don't, they can't really push back as much. They can't say no. They're taught to be yeah, submissive. Definitely. And I think that is a really strong part of what this kind of attractiveness is, um, you know, bred from. But what's interesting how in some aspects the sexualization of youth has just continued to skyrocket, like I was saying before, how – People, women are saying all over the internet they fear working in marketing or whatever agencies at 40 because they're like, I'm 10 years out of my prime now. Like I, and once I've hit 35, I'm no longer relevant in these kind of corporate business type roles uh, based on how they're treated. And then when you look at industries like mine, actually the older you are as a woman, the more respected mm. you are. And they always say like, if you're a therapist, never put, injections in your face because people need to be able to read those like micro um emotives that you use um but then in other aspects the attractive uh the sexualization has kind of decreased like for example when i was in high school which was like 10 years ago um it wasn't so abnormal for a 17 year old girl to date someone that was 23 or 24 whereas i feel like now in sydney if a 24-year-old was dating a 17-year-old, 
he'd be so shamed, much more than he would was 10 years ago. Mm. So interesting. I think it also depends which sector of society you're looking at there. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say the the age difference has uh, become more of a point of controversy than what yeah. it maybe used to be. You know, they were talking about how Jerry Seinfeld in the 90s, he was 30 and he dated an 18-year-old. Yeah. Uh, but back then, that was normal and that was fine. Wasn't so shocking, was it? Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something about... Well, yeah. First, when you were telling me that anecdote about marketing, I just thought, well, <laughs> marketing, I can't imagine particularly ethical people get into marketing, <laughs> whereas people in social work are probably just nicer, <laughs> more, much more moral people. Yeah. <laughs> whereas people in my, no offense if you're in marketing, but look, come on. My that's, whole family's in That's marketing. the industry you're in, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's a shallow, superficial industry. Yeah. So it's probably going to rub off on the way people yeah. perceive their employees. Now, um, that's not to sort of uh, denigrate experiences that if, if women are feeling that pressure more than men in that industry, mm. that wouldn't be good. But I can't imagine an industry like marketing is ever going to be, you know, a bastion of morality. <laughs> I know. But even <laughs> just corporate in general, world. like I guess, yeah, I guess it is interesting to see how much that might influence if you're working for a business that, that is based on profit and money and those kind of, I guess, materialistic beings, how much that could influence you as a person and what you deem mm. as attractive or or whatever. Um, so there's always going to be factors that influence it a lot. Beauty bias is a really sad reality, actually. Oh, for it's, sure. It's uh, very unfortunate. I was looking at some of those statistics a few weeks ago people perceive attractive people to be much more intelligent, to yeah. be more capable, to have better leadership qualities, and none of it's true. <laughs> they yeah. do all the studies and yeah. there's no evidence that shows people who are more attractive are better workers or anything like that. What happens is a placebo effect because from a very young age, if an attractive person is given all these advantages and, and assumed to be more intelligent and mm. uh, more capable, they then have given more responsibility, given the better jobs. Yeah. And that then uh, over the course of 10, 15, 20 years, then they maybe are better at yeah. a leadership position because they've just been thrust into those positions and trusted a lot better than someone who maybe doesn't have uh, traditionally attractive features. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just very, very... It's so true. It's really unfortunate, but that is... I, I just can't see how that isn't somewhat biological. Mm -hmm. Um what do you think about this post-sexual revolution, if you will? There's actually been more emphasis on on the way people look and particularly the way women look because there's been a lot more short-term dating. Mm -hmm. uh, we we uh, see sexualized imagery in the media a lot more. Yeah. Whereas before 19, 1960, uh, it was it was sinful <laughs> to mm -hmm. to have a uncovered woman on. Yeah. Uh, on a, on a, in a newspaper, in a magazine. And as a result, it's actually exacerbated the uh, urge for women to look much more attractive and, and be perceived as youthful and high in fertility or whatever it may be. Mm. When 100 years ago, yes, there was a lot of uh, sort of restrictive pressure for people to marry very young and cover up. But in a weird way, that actually solves that problem. It just creates a new problem. 
if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, and, I, and just mm, let me, yeah. I'm not suggesting we go back to that no. necessarily, but I'm just, I, I wonder if uh, the sexual revolution, uh, now we're starting to see some more of the problems that have uh come about as a consequence it's interesting i feel like there's kind of like a medium point in with the covering up because i know this not as a data or statistical standpoint but just my experience working in like western sydney with half my co-workers being arabic or wearing the hijab and things like that and often they're always complaining about their husbands getting like hyper-focused on a girl or watching all these girls on tiktok and things like that because it's so something that they're not as often exposed to that they're like, whoa, like that's intense. In, um, in the sense that they grew up in a, a much more conservative yeah, culture. Okay, yeah. Like, um, for example, if I had, you know, a, a bikini or beach party, what am I trying to say? Pool party, <laughs> bikini mm. party. And I was there with, with my boyfriend and my friends. It probably wouldn't like, be as a huge like obviously people check each other out but it's not going to be like this oh my god but often in these communities if i walk through one of those households in a bikini it would be very like (laughs) shocking and confronting and probably sexualized as well Hmm. with that kind of like madonna whore complex like oh that's sexy fuck you you whore kind of thing like so Hmm. not to stereotype with um i guess any kind of cultures or things like that but the level of exposure you have is is sometimes good and sometimes bad. And I saw a video this morning about whether or not you should be naked in front of your children while they're growing up. And people were like, no, 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 you shouldn't. But she makes a point, and I agree with this point as well, that you should be um, naked around your children up until an appropriate age of like four or five, and then you can, I don't know. But um because it shows, it teaches your child body neutrality and that it's your body isn't, is, is for functioning and keeping you healthy. It's not just for hide it unless it's, and if it's shown, therefore it's sexualized. Mm. Well, even after four or five, if you're walking yeah. around naked, there's nothing that, in, in, we've just sort of projected yeah. our idea of ethics onto that and, exactly. and assume, oh, that's weird. Why are they yeah. doing that? Whereas just because you might be walking around naked with your kids, even if they're teenagers, it doesn't necessarily mean it's something weird yeah. and sexual and incestuous going on. Mm-hmm. What do we? What What do you think? Uh, some solutions could be. Do you think we need to have older women cast in leading female roles, or what? What? I think it's already the, happening. Like, the, but the thing like that is again coming back to say the the profit motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a chicken and egg scenario because if it sells more tickets when it's a younger yeah. woman, then they just want to make money at the end of the day, so they're going to do that. Mm. But then that also, if if we're talking about people being culturally malleable, that can continue to influence them. Yeah. Then if they put an older woman there and but then it's it's com- it's it's also confusing to a certain degree because it's saying sexualization is bad but then he we want older yeah we want older women to be yeah. sexualized so what okay let me let me ask you if you could, if you could have like wave a magic wand to society and in let's say in 10 years things can be closer to the ideal for what a lot of women want when it comes to sexualization of younger versus older women mm. 
what would you like what would you want to see i think that it if i could wave a magic wand that it should be men should be looking at women and society is and women should be looking at women as well the way in which women often look at men like we of course women sexualize men but not to the same extent and men can be deemed attractive basically like that um, thing I was showing you before about how men can be deemed super sexy when they're young, like 20, whatever, and then mm. again when they're 50 and they're masculine, whereas women, they're deemed sexy when they're young and 20 and then 40, mm, not so much by society mm. standards. So I would like to see that it's kind of across the board, not as sexualized to the level we are now, but still this is attractive, this is attractive, this is attractive. And like I mentioned in one of our first ever podcasts, um, how I was reading about this on Reddit a really long time ago and someone from France posted about it being like, what is it with you, America, like Australia and England, like with how you are so obsessed with women in their like 20s and teens. It's so weird to us. Like in French, we in France, we still um, – you know, fantasize about women that are in their 40s or 50s. We still deem them as like sexy and beautiful, especially if we are of that age. Like we don't look to women that are half our age. It's so odd that you do that. And then all these people from from France and around the around the world were saying the same thing. Like, yeah, so it was kind of like this very okay. like polarizing opinion. So that was interesting. That is interesting going off just that last point. Mm. Western Europe, it's not exactly some conservative, restrictive yeah, exactly. culture either. So they yeah. maybe have done it well mm. in a way that uh, men can still feel like they, they're allowed to lust over women and and yeah. women don't feel like they have an unfair pressure to look youthful and like they're you know just out of high school. I guess coming back to what you were saying where uh, in an ideal world you'd want uh, – men to look at women in in a similar vein to the way women look at men do you think you're sort of saying we we want men to be like us when we just can't i mean coming back to that podcast i was saying at the beginning of the of the show where the that trans man was taking testosterone therapy and just Mm -hmm. after a few months of testosterone anger increased like crazy the horniness just went through the roof yeah how much can we socialize men to go against i guess their their nature because already something like yeah i'll look at a 15 16 year old girl who is developed and i'll think yeah she's hot but obviously definitely not going to act on it but if you're asking men in their 20s to look at women in their 50s and 60s and and sort of be sexually attracted to them how much is that just going against our nature i mean i don't think i can there is the MILF thing, I guess. That, yeah, that... but maybe what if we just matched our own age kind of like within a sure. within a five-ish year or more even 10 years when you're older age difference but not that it's only that one age group that is deemed sexually attractive kind of thing. And, yeah, biology has plays in it but it is not an experience like we just kind of discussed. It's not an experience of every single man across the, the globe that only this age group is mm. – is um, fantasized about or deemed as attractive. And it's not even not even like that just for every single man in Australia. Like some, you never know how honest they are, but some are claiming like, no, that's I don't have that experience and I never have like for 
as a man in my 30s, looking at a woman at, at 20, I'm like, that's not something that I deem to be attractive because he may instantly associate 20 to immature. Like maybe mm. in that brief second where he's just looked at her, he might find attractive, but then his rational brain might come in just moments later. So who knows? Um, but one thing I found was interesting about the difference in how men and women kind of sexualize each other was that when you look through a man's like Instagram explore page and things like that, very often it's full of beautiful, attractive women. And when you look through a women's explore page, very often it's full of beautiful, attractive women Mm. rather than men. Like I don't think I follow a single like male that has just got an Instagram because he's attractive like or hot or I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life and I don't Mm. really know anyone that does except for girls that have like an obsession with Justin Bieber or something when they're 14. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It's also, I'm sure, to some degree, a self-fulfilling prophecy in that if women in their late 20s and early 30s feel like, oh, I'm not beautiful anymore, yeah. they, they lose their confidence, they lose self-esteem, they lose self-worth, That's that then point. becomes them less, makes them less attractive as well because yeah. confidence and self-worth, we know at any age, is very attractive. Yeah. So uh, there's that aspect to it. True, and also how much they're feeding into the stereotype because they feel pressured to kind of subscribe to that stereotype, but then mm-hmm. they continue to do it. Like I remember I saw this thing about a woman who'd got herself, I can't remember if it was a boob job or a nose job, but something significant plastic surgery rise and how it was such a battle for her because she was like, I literally molded my body and went through an intensive surgery just so that I can be deemed more attractive by the, by the male's society level of attractiveness kind of. Um, and she felt that she was doing it for herself because she wanted to feel attractive, but then it was this battle, but I've done this because that's what men deem as attractive. So it was Mm. super interesting perspective. I think it's very wishful thinking when both men and women think I'm just going to do this for me and I'm, I'm just working out for me, or I'm just trying to look pretty just for me. I think deep down we do have, uh, a yearning to be uh, physically attractive as much as yeah. possible to to the if you're straight to the opposite yeah. gender. Uh, it's I guess the question is then how much does that dictate your life? Mm. It'd be very interesting to see what happens. I guess with this, and I'm not. I know this sounds like anti filler or Botox, and I'm in no means against it or whatever. But it'll be super interesting to see how because it's become so mainstream and common. What will it be like when? our age, I guess my age group is now starting to have babies and their faces aren't moving as much. The emotions aren't read as clearly when you can't raise your eyebrows, you can't frown. Yeah, looking at the phone. So it'll be, I reckon like one in three kids from like here on in are going to have either ADHD diagnosis, autism spectrum diagnosis, Mm. something like that, attachment disorders. Be interesting. Anyway, mm. yay. <laughs> so exciting for the future. <laughs> it's topics like these and then when we did like the future of sex and went about the sex robots that I leave thinking, oh, my gosh, like mm. get me out to a farm. I wonder if uh, that, that is really interesting that when you went through <laughs> stripper talk. <laughs> so it's funny. strip talk. <laughs> strip talk. That it was quite a common experience that uh, – men want to see and we're not just talking about a girl that looks 18 19 a girl that looks 14 13 Mm. just on the cusp of puberty Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think th- that doesn't apply to me. I don't think that applies to any of my friends. I think. Well, I, I guess again, it, you know, if you do a brain scan or something like that, <laughs> what am I? You know, who, who, knows? who are we? You know, yeah, I guess it's when, really when your knows, logic but, brain takes over. But and do when you... you're in a strip club at two a.m. and you've had a few drinks, so is this sudden? You know, this very immoral animal side of you going to come out? And then they offer a space where it is legal to then do that. Okay, the woman is over 18, but she may look younger. Cool, I could still get a private dance and fulfill that yeah. urge legally. Yeah. Um, but I struggle to believe that most men are into that girl look. Well, I, I don't. Let me put it to you this way. Do you well, know, I don't know if I agree with that. Do you know Bella Delphine? Oh, yeah, the gamer, yeah. Yeah, so she is like the highest earning OnlyFans account, I believe. She may not be the highest, but she's in like the top 1%. She's making a million dollars, over a million a month Mm -hmm. in her OnlyFans. And there's all these viral videos on my like kind of feminist TikTok thing where Uh like a video that has 5 million likes will literally be like the biggest red flag that in a man that I see is if he like fangirls gets off to Bella Delphine. And the reason for that. Because they're probably an incel. Yeah. Well, (laughs) maybe that, but not so much about the fact that she's a gamer, but about the fact that she infantizes herself so much. Like the pigtails are like little, like, Oh, kind of, Oh, this game is so hard. Like that kind of submissive high pitch voice, like very childlike behaviors. And amazing that, these videos saying this is my biggest red flag and men had millions of likes from yeah. women and yet she is doing leaps and bounds above these kind of women that wear like black lingerie and super sexy and only fans and she kind of goes in with the like little girly approach and innocent submissive looks as young as she possibly can and mm. makes a million a month. Well... Uh, I guess she's fulfilling this sort of <laughs> fantasy that men might have. She doesn't look twelve though. She looks like I don't know how old she is, but she I don't know. She must yeah, be like the same age as us. Amps up that submissive, yeah. childlike, yeah, doting, yeah, hyper feminine aspect. But she's also she's developed. She doesn't mm. she doesn't have braces. I don't think. <laughs> when you say braces, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and I will say I think. There's a difference between there's a huge difference between sexual attraction and emotional attraction. I could yes, be sexually attracted yeah. to someone who's sixteen, seventeen, but you know, you talk to them for ten minutes and you just can't do any more. <laughs> it's know? so interesting. So, I feel like I get and, lied and, and, to by men all the time because I off, always hear when it's a woman man speaking to a woman, they're like, Nope, not attracted to that age group. Nope kind of thing and then then you see you go on the internet and it's a totally different story so well i did like i said i said if they're 15 16 but look like a woman yeah i would be yeah i'm if they're attractive i would be physically attracted but again there's like i have to obviously that's gonna get clipped out one day jesus but (laughs) that'll be the edit do not act on that ever you know there's a very clear ethical stance that society takes and it's for obvious reasons yeah now I can't control that, though. I, I can't, you know, what am I meant to do? I can't suppress that, that, that fe- those feelings are going to bubble up. And I just, what do you want, you know, if, if we're trying to control Take the Neil world away the from where... high school. <laughs> Ban him from the public. 
No and shopping it's not malls. That, and, and, and I wouldn't say, it's not that I find that attractive any more than than the... What was that voice? Jesus. Was oh, that... that was just my Bluetooth speaker saying, I need to be charged. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was really scary. I thought <laughs> there the was. Fuck? I thought I was hallucinating. That was the, there was like a woman that coming was the, in. <laughs> the pedophile police being like, mm, we found him. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> um and it's not it's not as though like I'd find a, a schoolgirl any more attractive than a woman in yeah. her twenties or even thirties. It's look, when the, the male experience is you're just attracted to like eighty percent of women. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 really that simple. And some you're just more attracted to than others. But sexual attraction and emotional attraction are very, very different. So I wouldn't and again I'm sure I think most men wouldn't um date you know someone who's 18 if they're in their 30s mm. then again there's a lot of instances yeah. <laughs> okay Does that mean anyway true? <laughs> we'll be here for okay. seven hours i can definitely look i can definitely empathize and i can see how that this would be very disconcerting for disconcerting yeah for a lot of women approaching 30 and in their 30s but it's not the same but if i were to make some form of analogy uh when men hear about some of the features and and ty- types of men that women can be physically attracted to, the fuck boy, the bad boy, we look at romance novels and it's this swashbuckling alcoholic that is very handsome and masculine, but has a dark past. Yeah, has a dark past. We'll beat up any man that looks at her, but we'll protect her. We think, well, what the hell is this? Like, why are you attracted to this? Yeah. Um, this is going to be so. This is actually such a good lead into the podcast that comes out next week about how like society really also romances like this obsessive and possessive and unhealthy toxic relationship standards sometimes that we see in movie and film definitely and but is that especially women in erotic novels where's that coming from because art imitates life to a certain degree i don't think a hundred years ago some malicious oligarchy sat around and said oh this is the art we're going to put out there into the world to make people think differently i think there clearly is some truth to that if, the, if that is such a common archetype in romance novels and fiction that's uh, targeted to to women. And then I see things on TikTok as well where, where girls will say they'll do you – know, I love how, like, most of our podcasts is just us TikTok references. trying to make TikTok trends sound slightly more smart. <laughs> and then, well, it's the classic thing that every a lot of men will be frustrated about, which is, oh, you, you go for the guy that is – hardly texting you back, is disinterested, uh, is a bit of a fuckboy and an asshole, uh, maybe not a total loser or criminal or something like that, but has a bit of edge to him and maybe doesn't exhibit qualities such as kindness and consistency. Now, I know this does this very clearly does not apply to you, but uh, it's, it's quite prevalent and I've even seen is it though? Like this is did did men make up this standard? Like because no, okay. every maybe when they're like seventeen, yeah. But every woman I know, except for one of my friends, would look at that type of guy and be like, "No." Yeah. Okay. I, it, as as people get older, yeah. it definitely I okay. think it changes for sure. And probably most of the people posting these videos are still late teens, early twenties. Mm. Uh. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that 
our sexual attraction is not rational and it's often not ethical either. It's it's just something that we've had for Mine millions is. of years and we don't know why we have it. And it just comes out sometimes in ways that are counterproductive to building a very ethical and harmonious society. And that's where we do need to be control in control of it to some degree. Yes. And that's where, look, men may find younger women very sexually attractive, even some that are just excessively young, but you just have to be in control of that. But I, 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 I don't yeah. know if it's society saying, uh, oh, men, you, you subconsciously, let's make them attracted to these yeah. really young girls. Who knows, honestly. It is, like I always say, it's never the first thought you judge yourself on, it's the second thought. But I love releasing mm. these podcasts because I always get, like, really funny and interesting and sometimes sad messages about mm. what these these kind of topics like the women always they never comment but they always private message me being like well this is a disgrace like this is kind of like so sad like what the hell this makes me so depressed to be straight kind of thing and i'm like oh i feel you and then the men always message me being like just as a male um i don't i don't really subscribe to that kind of you know sexual attraction but and then we'll say how they do um so (laughs) (laughs) like i get all these convoluted explanations um from from men often after we do this topic Uh because we do it a lot yeah where they try to offer up an explanation but then it just proves your point and my point um Okay. I don't know. I'll send you the Look, I don't. Okay. Sometimes, yes, this podcast is I'm talking on behalf of men. Obviously, yeah. there's such a huge variety between yeah. all men, all straight men. You know, people have very different personal preferences and depending on the culture they were brought up in. So, I, look, I can't actually talk. We're just talking about stereotypes. Yeah, we're talking yeah. stereotypically here. Yeah. I guess, again, to conclude, look, I do feel. I, I I can I can I think uh, n- never to the to the extent that women would have to endure it, but I can empathize with uh, someone getting older and getting wiser and learning more about themselves and the world, and feeling like they're becoming less attractive to the uh, opposite sex. The only qualm I have with it is that I just think this is, to a certain degree, and I think to a pretty major degree, a lot of this is just our intrinsic animal nature. I think it's bi- I think it's partly biological, but I think f- for this level of it is mostly societal and and a cultural kind of upbringing, just based on the difference between a, it's not a global sure. phenomenon. That's true. Yeah, when you yeah. say the thing about um, French women, mm. that's a good point. You can deep dive into this mm. so much. Hey, there's you just can, so yeah. many avenues. Your upbringing, how. You were taught about, did you have sisters, mm. co-ed schools? Who knows? It's so interesting. It could be something where you maybe felt like you didn't have a good childhood and adolescence and you missed out on certain so sexual escapades. To... So you're trying oh, to live yeah. vicariously through these women like Belle Delphine and that reminds mm. you of your lost youth or something like that. It could, it, it might not all be, you know, maybe some of the men who are attracted to that really, really young look still feel bad about it, yeah. but they can't help it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say, but look, I, I, like what I did say before, which is that uh, self-worth and confidence are very attractive. Regardless yeah. of gender, these sorts of things are and always going to be immensely attractive. Well, well, hang on, like, Sorry. I didn't say that, but 
if you exhibit those qualities, you will be a lot more attractive. And if you if you sit there finding evidence, look, look in the same way men sit there finding videos where the woman divorces a poor man and goes for a richer man or, you know, finds the one girl that uh, goes for the bad boy and leaves her really nice boyfriend of five years and and then then projects that onto all of women. Oh, they're all materialistic whores. Well, you're looking for – you're just participating in confirmation bias there. You're looking for evidence that confirms your worldview so then you can stick to your identity because you've fallen in love with your suffering and you like the idea of being – this hard done by victim and women don't like me because I'm too nice. I put it to you, I'm not saying there's no truth to these stereotypes and things, but if if you're just focused on, you know, feminist TikTok, there's going to be much more com- evidence shown to you where men look like assholes, okay? But, I know, I but know. it's not reflective of, of the overall... Hang on, population. that's what I'm saying. It's not reflect. You were saying it is reflective of the Wait, population. What? <laughs> I'm saying it's not reflective of the whole population. <laughs> I think we're actually on the same page here. Wait, yeah. When when did I say all? Like ninety okay, percent. No, I'm saying, like but I, I'm differentiating between this like braces. Yeah. Okay. A cup look versus, um, you know, a sixteen year old who looks like a. A developed woman. There's such a di- there's such a difference there. I mean, come on. Oh One of them looks like a child. <laughs> oh my god. But it, but again, it's not. Yeah. Just because you're sexually attracted. But the thing is, men are so. Like I said, I'm se- I'm sexually attracted to like literally. If I haven't wanked in a day, I'll look at a mannequin and be like, I want to fuck that. I want to fuck. I want to fuck the mannequin. Okay. So it's not just because we might be sexually attracted to something. It doesn't. This will be the podcast that haunts you. For the yeah, rest probably. Of your I life. don't care. I've said enough to get me cancelled. But yeah, no, that's the mannequins fair. are hot sometimes. <laughs> Look, they've got a good body. But that's the point. It's so like but mannequins. It's so uh, are so against the beauty standard. Physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There Just you go. Kidding. Yeah, but it's true. Statistically, you can't put organs into a mannequin by the size ratio. Well, you know that's all right. A man finding you sexually attractive shouldn't determine your self-worth because we find everything sexually attractive. So it's nothing special. Yeah. But a man finding you emotionally attractive, you know, being in love with you, that's something that is uh, rarer, if you will. Oh, we're so lucky when, when a man is emotionally attracted. <laughs> yeah, oh, you should, you, that's how you should feel. What a blessing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you <laughs> for bestowing this emotional connection. Yeah. You're damn right. <laughs> Should be more thankful. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! All right, I feel like I've dug a, a hole for yeah. myself, so I'll stop talking. Yeah. Do you have any concluding comments? No. Oh yes, um, I have one, and it's not so much a comment, but you know how men always say, like, talk about when a woman puts you in the friend zone. Think uh-huh. about it from the female perspective when you've lost a friend because the whole time he was just in your life because he wants to fuck you. So please stop complaining about that um and you know this is kind of like one of those conversations that's very fluid there's a whole spectrum of sexuality there's no right or wrong answer there's no men are trash women are women are bitchy or whatever there's none of that it's just chit chat so yep yep neil is not exclusively attracted to 15 or 16 no no if it came out like i'm only attracted to that no No, that's not no (laughs) (laughs) not what he was trying to communicate 
Like I said, you know, in the 1800s, they, they had to cover up chairs because the legs yes. made men horny. That's Honestly. What, look, okay, you can't help it. <laughs> the fist is on the table. Shit's serious. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then men also used to have sex with other men a lot, especially younger that is, men. You know what? That's very, yeah, yeah. They, uh, it, was, it was sort of this mm. process to become a man. Let's bring that back. <laughs> Pretty sure they're still doing it in churches. I mean, not chi- not <laughs> not children. How young are you talking? I just meant not even the youth. I just meant that like that kind of sexual freedom where if you're in a if you're single or whatever, if you wanted to have sex with a man once off, you can do that. But it doesn't mean you're bi or you're gay or anything like that. It's just I want sex. I'm attracted to this person. Let's do it. Well, it happens in prison. True. True. I can't. I know we should end this, but can I just say one thing about the friend zone thing? Oh god, is it going to trigger me? We're going to end up in a fifty minute. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, it's, it's, we still we could still keep going. Okay. Uh, okay go. I agree. That's really. But oh. if you're trying to be, look, I agree. I, I'm going to say a but, but oh. I agree. If you're just trying to be nice to a woman to get in her pants, that's kind of gross. You should be nice, full stop, to everyone. I think the frustration comes from seeing, uh, again, I don't think this applies to women your age, but for younger girls who may be teenagers and in their early 20s, seeing that they do fall for guys that are just not nice to them at all, and then they think, oh, she put me in the friend zone because I was. it's this resentment type thing. So it's not always just, oh... Yeah. I'm only being nice to her but so that she can fuck still so me. selfish. Like, it's un- it's fair to be like, okay, like, this is really frustrating. She's dating someone that's shit again and I'm going to have to talk her through it again. Mm. But when it's like she's dating him and not me, that is a self-centered ego kind of thing. Like, she doesn't owe you a relationship because you're a good person and she doesn't. Anyway, I feel- haven't we done no, a podcast okay, on No, this? I agree with you there then. Did we do a podcast? I agree. I, agree. I feel like we, I we did. Anyway, refer to that. <laughs> Sure, it's selfish if, if he's making it out to be her issue and he's suffering from it. The bad part is when she is using him as that an emotional relationship. Like, can you come cuddle me? Mm. I'm sad. And, and can you hold me? And they're basically dating without <laughs> sex. And then she gets a boyfriend. Oh, that I understand. Have you, had, have you had the Chris Rock joke about it? No. It's like every girl's got a guy, like a backup Nice guy, that's just in case of emergency break. This is the dick oh that you break the glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah. Ah, oh, you can confirm. I can okay, we're ending see that where that <laughs> stems from. Oh, <laughs> I unplugged myself. That's all right. All right. Maybe let's, let's conclude this one. I'm sure that we, I'm sure we'll get a lot of spicy messages. And again, another disclaimer. Okay, fine. I should, probably shouldn't sit there being like, men are like this. Men are like this. There's a lot of variety. It's 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 similar when people get on TV and like, people of color think this way. No, we don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I'll, I should stop getting in the habit of speaking like that. Uh, but thank you for listening. I hope you did enjoy it, even if you were frustrated through that. <laughs> we're probably frustrated <laughs> every single type yeah. of person, gay, straight, male, female. Pissed everyone We've, off. Triggered yeah. everyone. Yeah, apologies. Uh, but look, hey, this podcast is, is purely for charity, so you can't cancel us. Uh, we will be answering a very juicy question in the next one. Uh, if you've got a question that you would like to ask 
uh, us, neilkohacker.com slash podcasts. And there's also options to um, support the podcast, which actually will just support support charity <laughs> through the podcast and gain access to the the Discord, the exclusive Discord. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening. Share the podcast if you like it. Tell your friends about it. A lot of people uh, have been coming up to me saying, oh, I only just uh, found out about this podcast a few weeks ago and I love it. Oh, that's told all my friends. So it's it's you guys are helping us a lot by spreading the word. I love when I get messages from people saying that they listen to it with their girlfriend. I think that's so cute. Although when they listen to ones like this, they'll probably argue afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) but other ones, I'm like, that's cute. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See you next time. See you next week.